This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply for all your plumbing and irrigation needs. Go to mountainlandsupply.com. Time to welcome in Joe. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, I'm curious. We're all curious about, you know, growing up in Australia and your path to the NBA, and we've talked to you about that quite a bit. But now that we've seen the first couple episodes in the Jordan documentary, number one, I'm curious, did you watch it? Uh, I watched it late. I watched it a couple days later than everyone else, but I did get around to watching it. Because that season they're documenting, 97-98, you were born in October of 87, so you would have been 10, 11 years old at that point and living half a world away, and now the NBA is very available all over the globe. But in those days, how much did you know growing up about Michael Jordan and the Bulls, or did you... Or did you come to the sport in the NBA after that? And so this is all uh, basically a history lesson for you. Um, I guess a little bit of both. I I think everyone that played basketball, no matter what country or, or where you grew up, you knew who Michael Jordan was. That's not um, that's a pretty obvious thing. I think. I think regardless of where you lived, he was a. And I guess it said in that kind of documentary or the clips or whatever you've seen, it's like he was just a world like widely world like everyone knew him it didn't matter where you were from like you knew who Michael Jordan was so I knew who he was um, I guess it's seen a little bit of stuff um, I actually used to have the <laughs> those old like videotapes of a couple of his like Michael Jordan's playground and stuff like that which were um, awesome to watch as a kid but I, I didn't I definitely didn't follow the NBA growing up I, I've said this before a few times like I've I never had we we never had like pay TV in Australia, so we had like five or six channels growing up, um, which were just the local like free like the the local channels, and um, maybe you'd get some highlights on there. Majority of the time, it was our our own league, the, the NBL, that was shown. But um, it really wasn't until um, I kind of went to Europe and I guess kind of started paying my own bills that I got. Um, more like internet, uh, we had internet growing up, but like more internet and obviously paying for my, my own pay TV when I was living by myself. So that's when I started to watch it a bit more, but that wasn't until 17, 18 years old, probably. Um, so I was definitely, I, I, I'm watching it, learning a lot, um, obviously from those first two that, that came out. Well, that's interesting because they say, particularly for women athletes, you know, when they see women like the WNBA that has helped inspire little girls to think, hey, I can do this because fill in the blank, WNBA player, whoever it might be, yeah. and that's somebody that I can point toward. You really didn't have that as a kid as far as the NBA. So in your mind, when did the NBA become a possibility or a dream, however you want to phrase it? Uh, when I got guaranteed by the Jazz on January 7, 2015 or whatever it was. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, it was just never... Like I said, I, I didn't grow up with it um, too much. Like, like I said, you hear about it, you saw it every now and then, but it wasn't, it wasn't in my face like a, I'm assuming it was for a lot of Americans, the, the kids in America growing up. Um, all my friends that, that are American or that, that play like the, all my teammates, everyone that I've played with in Europe, the Americans, their whole dream like growing up was to play in the NBA. Like that was, right. you played basketball, you wanted to play in the NBA and um, I've said this a, a few times. My dream growing up was to play for Australia and was to play for the Adelaide 36ers, my hometown team. Um, my version, I guess, of the NBA was the NBL. And we used to go and, like, like probably a lot of kids and, and you guys, like, we used to go and buy the five, ten dollar tickets and sit in the back row in Adelaide and watch the team play. And I, I had the best time in the world. It was the. There was a player on that team that, that I'm friends with now who was the best player, who, who was kind of my hero growing up, who I wanted to be like, and um, kind of following his footsteps. He played for Australia. He, he obviously played for, for Adelaide for his whole career. Um, he, he didn't move any teams or anything, and I wanted to be like him. And, um, it really wasn't. And then I obviously had got to the NBL myself, went to Europe, it probably wasn't until like late in my European career and, and really until getting to like the Clippers and, and that whole situation that was like, oh, maybe I can, I'm at training camp with the Clippers with these, obviously back then they had JJ, Matt Barnes, CP, Blake, DeAndre, the, the team was, was loaded, Jamal Crawford. Um, and at training camp, I was doing some things and I'm like, oh, I, I, I can actually like hold my own a little bit. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe I could make it over here. Um, but before that, it was um, a lot further, uh, probably just more of a, uh, a dream or a thought than actually thinking I would actually get to play in the NBA. So when you watch those first couple of shows, what do you see uh, with Jordan that really jumps out at you? And, and maybe you find that you could apply it today, either individually or as a group. Um, I think the thing that stands out, and I think – I think I knew a little bit about this from stories and watching things and talking to guys that know him and have been around him that, that like that he was obviously willing to do anything to, to win. And that was obviously sacrificing himself, which he didn't really need to because he was the best player and he was basically unstoppable. But um, the, the clip of him, uh, whoever was, giving it to pack like pack making a play and, and kicking out. I was like, we all know he could score 50, whatever he did in those last games and take over. And they obviously lost those, those games. That he, was but he could do that any time. But I think realizing that he needed his teammates, he can't like as, as good as he was, he still needed that, that good team around him. So I think that willingness to, um, to sacrifice, I guess, but um, the, the desire or whatever to, to do whatever it took to win, and a lot of that, a lot of the time, it was him kind of carrying the team by himself, and then having forty or fifty and and doing things he did. But um, I think that that desire, he he wanted to win more than anything. It wasn't necessarily about him scoring or, or individual awards or stats. As, he accumulated through his career anyway because he was so good, but that willingness to just do whatever it took to win, which was obviously resulted in six championships and and being the the best player ever. 
I'm wondering how weird it is to be in the States and not playing hoop, because if you're not playing hoop this long, you're probably down in Australia. Uh, yeah, we, me and I have talked about this a lot. It's, it's really, really bizarre to us because usually she's never been here really at this time of the year. She has always been playing, so she would usually go back. Um, she did come to a couple of the playoff series and, and whatever, but usually she, she was back in in, in Australia and, and getting ready for her season. I think their season usually starts about now. So um, I'm usually here by myself. We're usually either in the obviously in the playoffs and so we're on the road or, or I'm at home not doing much because we're, we're in a playoff series. Um, yesterday or the day before, we spent the whole day outside. I got sunburnt quite a bit, actually, because I haven't seen the sun in 10 years. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's it's really it's really bizarre to be here and not not have nothing to do, but not be going into the facility and not be doing what we normally getting on a plane and, and whatever. So it's it's really weird just being at my house every day with the kids with the good weather because we've never had I've never had good weather like this without having to do anything. <laughs> So how often are you talking to the team on Zoom and uh, Quinn and hearing from him and all that? Because I've heard it, it's at least semi-regular. Yeah, pretty regular. Um, I don't know how many times we've done it. This, this, well, I think we're closing in on nearly 50 days, I think, of since we got back from, from that game. And um, obviously the first few weeks were pretty quiet from, from everyone's part. And then we, yeah, everyone, we, we jumped on these... Zoom calls. We've obviously, like I said, we've got group chats that, that constantly are, are buzzing and all that. But um, no, it's good. It's good to obviously we don't we don't we're not going to overdo it and, and have a Zoom chat every day. But we've we've done a, a couple a week probably um, one or two a week for for the last few weeks. It's it's really good just to obviously to see the guys and you get to talk a bit of smack to them and just have a bit of fun and obviously Quinn. Um, takes a bit more of a serious part at the start, but then we usually stay on as players for a little bit after. And um, yeah, it's been, like I said, it's been cool to see everyone. Obviously we can't physically go and actually sit at someone's house or anything. So just to be able to see the guys that you, you used to seeing every day is, has been really cool. Is it correct to say the longer this period of inactivity goes, the longer you'll need to have training to get back to playing real games? You're a smart man. You're a smart Thank you. man. It, uh, yeah, I think uh, obviously if we'd had two or three weeks off and we'd come back kind of right away, then it obviously takes less time because guys are uh, a bit. Like I said, we're coming up to what nearly two months now, um, really, and um, that's a that's a long time. Like a lot, a lot of guys would take three, four, five, six weeks off in the summer depending on when you finish and when the season's obviously over and all that. Um, and doing that, it takes... It's obviously a little different because you, you you kind of go from nothing to slowly building up to, to being ready for, for training camp where obviously we were... was kind of in, in that part of the season where obviously we had whatever, 15, 18 games and everyone's kind of gearing up and, and getting your body right and mentally you're getting right ready and um, team-wise, you obviously want to be kind of starting to play some really good basketball heading into the playoffs. So we were in a 
a really weird position at the finish because everyone was kind of fine-tuning everything before the playoffs started and obviously trying to trying to get some wins in that back, like the, the last third of the season. So um, you go from that to obviously not nothing, but nothing in terms of what we're allowed to do as a team and all that. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I don't want to ruin people's dreams or anything, but I think the longer we're waiting, I think the harder it is for, for not only the league to come back, but uh, like you said, individuals to to get back to, to game shape. And, and obviously there's going to have to be some, some pretty smart people um, with timelines if we do go back to see how much time exactly is needed because you can't, an NBA game is easy as it might look from uh, the grandstand or the, the stand sometimes. It's, uh, it's a quick, fast, you know, obviously we, we know how, how fast-paced and, and skilled it is. So it's, um, it'll be interesting to, to kind of see what happens because we're, uh, like I said, we're coming up to whatever, just under two months now. Joe Ingles joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Mike Conley won the horse tournament. And oh, a day, Mike. <laughs> and a lot of us got to see <laughs> his assortment of horse shots. Now, you've spent a lot of time in the gym, and horse can just be, you know, guys matching 20-foot jumpers, you know, corner threes, whatever. But Mike's spinning the ball on his finger and then punching it off Have you the seen glass. Jimmy's in. got – no wonder he's doing all that silly <laughs> thing. Right. He's got a $10 million quarter to his house. So you've already jammed him up for that, huh? That's part of what the Zoom calls yeah. is about. <laughs> yeah, his his connection kept breaking out because he was walking all over the compound of our home. He got he kept breaking out because it was it was so big. Have you got any of those shots? And you're uh, you ever play horse with him? You got any of those shots you can hit him with, or is it just uh, him and his ambidextrous? What's what's the point of that? Yeah, uh, I think uh, Mike's kind of in his own league with that because there's not many. There's not many players around the league that can. I mean, there's not many players. There's some players in the league that can't shoot with their strong hand. <laughs> Never mind uh, throwing it off their, their opposite hand, which they actually prefer more than their strong hand. Like that's just a weird whole concept in itself. So, Mike's definitely uh, one of a kind. I, I think we all, obviously, the Jazz guys and, and probably a lot of guys that played with him in Memphis were were pretty confident he was going to win that when it, when it came out and no matter who he's playing, because there's not many people. Like, I'm not going to walk into a, a tournament and shoot with my right hand because it's got no chance of going in. I don't even dribble with my right hand, so I'm not going to try and shoot with it. And, and he, like I said, it's more comfortable for him almost shooting with his opposite hand. So we know what everyday life is like uh, here in Salt Lake City. Uh, what's everyday like going on back in your home country? Do you know? Yeah, I mean, they've been... Um, that's pretty much, they got locked down pretty quickly. Um, kind of when the news came out. Yeah, I think we, I think we actually, things got locked down before the US did, um, and we had nowhere near as many cases at the time. But they were pretty quick to act on it. Um, now I think the the whole process now is obviously um, similar to here, uh, essential. Um, work or workers are obviously still allowed to work and, and do what they do, but everything else is pretty much shut down I think they're on a like you can only leave the house with with one other person like gatherings is, is only you and kind of one other person um, you can obviously go outside to, for a walk or run or whatever but um, yeah very similar to here it's 
basically don't leave the house unless you really, really need to or, um, or have to. So I think it's, um, I mean, I think it's so obviously so necessary at this point and, um, I think we've we've seen kind of worldwide the the cases are slowly dropping, and um, that doesn't mean we can all <laughs> jump up now and, and go out. I think we need to still be smart about it. Obviously, if you need to get out, there's no I don't think there's too much an issue with you getting out, or going for a walk, or going to the shops quickly. But um, obviously, it's it's kind of wait until you really need to, rather than uh, I guess how we would do it normally if we. Um, if we were living our regular kind of lives. Well, Joe, enjoy another week with the kids. Enjoy two more episodes of uh, the Jordan uh, show. And uh, I don't two know. Two more episodes of Naked and Afraid. So, yeah. Uh, Ozark, apparently. A lot of people are getting into Ozark. I don't know. I don't know what happened in season three, but I'm on Twitter. I don't watch it. I haven't seen it. But man, season I haven't seen it all, but I've heard a lot about it. And. Yeah. I might just I might just watch it on YouTube or something to get the breaking news and tweet about it and just ruin people's uh, <laughs> nights. Okay. All right, and watch that Jordan show. And no matter what you do, don't uh, don't start slapping teammates in the face like Charles Oakley. Okay. I'm definitely going to do that to George next time I see him. Jeez. <laughs> oh, All right, Joe. Hey, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys.